0: The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is proudly, proudly, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTS RTRS and brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to MortgageCS.com slash Ricky. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process at BriggsAuction.com. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. Go to StatesideVodka.com. On the show today, he makes his return. He hasn't been on the pod since the hardened trade one, Daryl Morey, the president of basketball operations. Mike, we we really touch on everything with him, from Candy to traveling Queen to PJ Tucker. We touch on
1: everything, we get some good answers, we have some fun, goes off the rails at the end, but uh got some good got some good stuff from Daryl. Always appreciate him having him on. Uh That's, you know, we've had an interesting relationship with the general managers of the Philadelphia 76ers.
0: Yeah, for sure. This is definitely the best one. I give give Daryl credit. Absolutely. Um, before we get going, we have two brand new t shirts that are available if you go to rights to RickySanchez.com and click on the uh, t shirt link. One, we did a logo shirt, which we haven't done in a while, a say the name shirt in Kelly Green, silver and white. Wink, wink. Kelly Green, silver and white. And the boat in his gut t shirt. That's right. You've seen the, the dog in him. Well, now there's a boat in them. Get them right now at rights to Also, we have a week and a half left to get to $16,000 raised for Bark in the Park. One and a half weeks left were like thirteen seven or something like that. Just go to sanchez.com and donate. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka is a sponsor of today's pod. That's right. Uh, first of all, Black Label Bourbon is coming, which happens once a year, which is pretty fucking amazing. Um, so you go to statesidevodka.com. But great news, available in all 50 states. Um, go to the Passion Spirits link on statesidevaca.com That's right, the Passion Spirits link. And it used to just be like 30 of the states. Now it's all the states. Once again, statesidevaca.com you got to be 21. Without any further ado, Amos and The Chef. Welcome back anyway, to the pod, Daryl.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Appreciate do you it. ever
0: do you ever think? Because I actually I don't know, I don't know what it was like for you in Houston, uh, but I I do gen- have a general idea of what it's like for other people in your position. Do you ever think like, well, this is weird? I'm going on this podcast again, um, where like the the fact that you are willing um to do it so often do you ever think well maybe that's weird maybe it's not a great idea
2: i've always been open so like yeah if i went from houston talking to nobody to sixers only being on your pod then yeah i think that would be weird (laughs) but uh (laughs) i i've always been pretty open and i think part of my job is explaining you know the you know the plan and the team to fans so i've always felt i think the difference is in Houston, there were diehards, but it was micro sized compared to the sixers Sixers diehards are I don't know a whole order of magnitude, if not too bigger than Houston. no offense Houston diehards so
0: well before we we get to that actually well how but you being in the bubble while you were president of the rockets on the pod, that one was a little weird,
2: maybe except like. <laughs> Andrew Yang, who I guess everybody hates, he was on. Wasn't he on your pod? Yeah, he I was. Think so. I don't. I think hate that Andrew was. Yang. Well, yeah, that was. He he like was the one who told me it was cool and you should go on, and I was oh, like, oh, sweet, yeah. Great. So,
1: so. what, what <laughs> yeah, a weird the most t- valuable thing Andrew Yang has done?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently, Michael.
1: Nah, yeah, I nah, thought
2: I of really. wearing a crypto shirt just for you. <laughs> But uh, I ended up going, because I was trying to do Phillies, because the Phillies are sure. hot. So I was trying to Quite do Phillies colors. No surprise, I don't have any Phillies gear. Mm, uh, I so I, I need to, that's not That's
1: not nearly enough pandering. If you're going to try to pander, you got to really succeed in it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to do like the coach of the Eagles, you know, just wear... <laughs> Yeah. Mike Schmidt, like he's you, been a fan. For, yeah. I try to be authentic with my fandom ish. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I do a little pandering, but I, you should I'm wear on like a
1: Phillies podcast. Uh, I'm not going to genuflect level.
2: I'm not fully genuflecting. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> light pandering, a little light pandering. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my big Lebowski calmer than you are shirt. So that's that's my uh, my choice for this evening.
1: Good. So we're a couple now under a week away from the season, one week. How are you feeling? Simple question, but could be a could be a revealing answer. It's
2: such a relevant question because we inside the Sixers like do this ourselves or we're just like seems to be going very good, but now now we're starting to see like is there going to be an anvil that drops, you know, like I would say you'd be shocked at how much, at least inside and the internal chatter, at least the front office, there's a lot of cautious optimism that that you know a lot of the players that were brought in are looking very good. Uh, I thought like Daniel House last night looked like on the high end of what I feel like we know he can do, and that could be. And then PJ looks like PJ. You know, I think look, I would say this to PJ, if who's here, in fact, I did in, in Charleston that, you know, look, he's, he's someone who we're counting on a lot. And, you know, you, once you get towards the, uh, the better vintages of your career, I think everyone starts to worry a little bit about the, whether or not the fastball and the off speed is still all there. So, so yeah, PJ looks, PJ looks very good. Trez, you know, he didn't play yesterday, but he's looking good. And, uh, yeah. So the the new players look at what
1: <laughs> I can hear the cautious optimism, and then the like I'm okay. I'm, I guess I'll go through every, all the guys and see. Well, then, no, no, well then
2: I'm like they're gonna listen to this, and if I forget, they're it's not. like a wedding. If I well, forget one person, I'm gonna hear like there's gonna be a blogger that says like you didn't yeah, mention more, Paul Reed. Everyone. Well, he's not new, so I had to like <laughs> sure. go, carefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I carefully.
1: <laughs> I feel the cautious optimism, and I feel the uh let's say concern or uh just wariness of being too optimistic mm-hmm. because of of who yeah, all of you have to
2: remember that even though i'm not from philadelphia you've absorbed i was it. from cleveland <laughs> and so I, I i know the you know i had the browns winning the super bowl like four times in the 80s when i was a kid so I know about disappointment and Mm -hmm. whatnot, so. um, What what is it like
1: when, I guess I'll say that, what is it like when you aren't cautiously optimistic before a season, and how does this feel better and different in that sense?
2: Yeah, this is feeling like one of the better seasons, obviously, you know, back when I was in Houston, we knew eventually there was this absolute buzzsaw waiting at the end that was ready to terminate all comers in Golden State, which that's why maybe i'm a little more optimistic i i really feel like we're right there with anybody and you know we have a long way to prove that and but you know we feel like we're right there and the defensive intensity was great and that's the other thing like we only have preseason to watch so like very hard to learn a lot but you do learn things you know like look our defense has a chance to be Pretty good. I mean, pretty good. And then offensively, we came in not too worried. So we'll, you know, we'll see. So
0: the, uh, I remember after you got hired right around then was when, uh, Sam Hinky did this podcast with Pablo Torrey. It was like sort of his basketball farewell (laughs) And Pablo Is that where he
2: talks about watching games in reverse and stuff like that yeah, and other look, wacko
0: stuff? <laughs> we, we could talk about his, his current Twitter, but we're not going to do that. I want to okay. talk about one comment he made there in relation to okay. what you're saying. So Pablo asked him about, you know, your potential for success and yada, yada. And he said that if, if people gave you enough time. And, um, and he stressed that it would, he thought it would take a while that you would be able to build a championship contender in Philadelphia. Do you think that, obviously, I I think you believe, and we'll get to it, that the Sixers are a championship contender right now. Has this happened, has that happened more quickly than you assumed, or did you figure that you would be in this situation this quickly?
2: Well, I'd say we didn't have time. So as nice as Sam was to say that.
0: <laughs> well, I that's actually,
2: how he is. Uh, to me. OK. Yeah. So when before we made the big trade last year and I'm going to avoid you know Names. talking about, um, you know, I do think it makes sense. The window is not now. Now the timeline is accelerated, I think. Absolutely. So, look, I, I think this is the best shot since I've been here and. You know let's 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 go, you know so
0: the the odds at draftkings are f- plus fifteen hundred for you to win the title, which is about six percent right do you does i i love asking you this because you mentioned it one time on a podcast years ago, does that seem about right to you or is it too early to make that assessment? Well,
2: the first thing is that's actually it's not six, it's actually lower because they put vigs in all of them and so mm-hmm. like if you bet like for example, and i I would I'm not advocating betting. Because I I can't. Right. But if someone were to bet all thirty teams, you would lose twenty five percent. So ba- so those those odds aren't returning the returns you should want if you bet them. Um, so it's actually a little worse than that. According to that, I look. We obviously feel more confident than the odds are right now. I okay. like I like sort of slipstreaming into this versus coming in as the favorite. Um, you know I think that's that's always slightly better than you know everyone targeting you
1: let let's say off the bat that like the list of things that have happened to other teams and thrown their stuff into disarray like it's either sad or regrettable or whatever you don't want to talk about it blah 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 we don't don't forget about the specifics as other teams started having weird shit happen to them Did you feel a little bit like you are breaking into a museum and there's those like lasers pointed at you and you're just sort of like, yeah, avoiding them by a, by a millimeter. Did you feel that like, holy shit, we're getting, we continue to get away with this. Like, do you feel a little bit like. Were, the, we're one of the last ones standing in a sense. Like, was that? a I feel relief? I'm
2: reluctant to talk about it. I have to say because <laughs> I think that that the la- more lasers come on when mm-hmm. you start talking about it. But Elton and I have this thing where we'll talk about all this stuff, even I even we've been through. And then obviously, if you go prior to me, there's a lot of sort of different things. I'll just say different uh, before I got here, and we call it Tuesday. So it was just when I first got here. Like I'd be like, oh my gosh, this completely unanticipated thing happened, and 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 Elton was like, yeah, that's like a regular Tuesday around here with the <laughs> <Sixers."> <laughs> So whenever something really unexpected happens, we call it Tuesday. And I have to say, lately we haven't used that phrase as much, and I would appreciate that continuing. Basketball gods, wherever you are, whatever gods that we pray to to make that not happen. Who do we need to sacrifice? To that yeah. we,
1: My, might be me mike might be, yeah. Might be me yeah mike is
2: being thrown up on the rock
1: yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah. the sixers have put me up on that rock for many years so i'm not it's not an unfamiliar place yeah, yeah.
2: you know metaphorically i am
0: right? <laughs> I think I, I, go ahead go ahead
2: i just i was thinking we need that needs to be the image of the pod as mike you know, <laughs> uh, splayed uh, out on I the on the rock waves up. crashing
1: against my dead carcass <laughs> yeah that could be the image of i'm not, no, 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 <laughs> of I'm not
2: dead yet just roped oh, okay. down ready, <laughs> starving
0: ready to be <laughs> abandoned yeah yeah, yeah. He, elton's uh, you know in between as a player here you know so he signs that big contract here he gets hurt then he has to play for um What's his fuck? The Princeton offense guy, Eddie Jordan. Mm-hmm. And Eddie, they they make him come off the bench and then he make him come babysit uh, Okafer. And then, then he's here for the... Cra- he's been through a lot of crazy shit in Philadelphia. It's pretty wild that he's still like here, you know, he's, after he's all that. He's a treasure. Yeah.
2: I have to say, like, I've worked with a lot of people in my 20 years and he's a treasure. I know you'll say I have to say that, but I don't call everyone a treasure. Like, he's mm-hmm. like one of the most genuine... Yeah smart knows the game dudes i've ever been around so
1: what is your relationship with elton like since you brought him up like is is there a time when how 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 much do you guys talk about just like random stupid ideas like do you ever come to elton with like a very bad idea that you're like this is probably crazy but and is elton like yeah that's that's too much
2: i at some levels i both like and hate how insightful you guys are in this podcast because (laughs) elton is my absolute like how fucking crazy is this idea? Like, do you have to, like, just give me like, you It's know, three in the
1: morning, you're on trade machine. Yeah. And Elton. Yeah. It's like nine. <laughs> here's a screenshot. Is this,
2: this nine? like, and then he, he, he's like my sanity check guy <laughs> for sure. Like I'll be like this and he'll be like, and what I literally love is I get how, is how aggressive he is at times where he's like, yeah, they'll be mad, but like, I'll get over it. You know, we, we got to care about the team first, you know, who cares? Right. So, so, yeah, he's absolutely, I, I would say, super tight relationship or offices next to each other. Um, you know, uh, I, has turned down multiple offers to run other teams, which has surprised me and pleased me. Um, look, he wants to win a title here 100 uh, percent. So,
0: Well, on, on some level, I think you know cuz he mentioned to us he was at a, a which you have not experienced yet he was on stage with us at a live show in front of a thousand people at a, a concert venue and he had mentioned that before he was you know when he got the gm job here prior to you that they offered him the assistant gm job in atlanta and he didn't take it and he he took the job here and you know as things were Uh, unraveling here with Markel and things like that. I thought to myself, man, he probably would have been fucking better off, uh, you know, being part of something to get to a place where he would be running everything. So I think on some level it's probably... Um, he's getting a great experience, you know, working with somebody who cares like you and th- with Doc and, and things like that. Not that he's not capable, but I think it's probably really good experience for him.
2: You'd have to ask him yourself. I mean, he is his own guy, which is the yeah. other thing I love. And, you know, look, my general advice when I talk to a lot of assistant GMs around the league and they'll sometimes reach out to me is take the job, like get the experience, no matter how tough it is. And I would say I'm rethinking that advice because like some of my assistant GMs have gone into very tough situations and maybe they won't get a second chance. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any right advice. I still think I lean towards take the job, but it depends on your life goals, too. I mean, Elton Brand's done more than I've ever done. And in, in like by the time I don't even know what age he is, 40 something. And so I think he's at that place where he just wants to both balance his career and life. So I, he loves Philadelphia. So
0: his player stats are fucking bananas before he bananas. got there. bananas, bananas, bananas. Yeah. He was, no, he, he, he'll,
2: he'll sometimes drop the drop the bomb when we're having discussions about players and we'll sort of relate them to Elton. And then he'll be like, <laughs> Well, but did he go 16 for 20 in a playoff game and we're like we're like what what was that? He's like check it Phoenix 19 you know 2006 and then we'll look it up and it'll be like nearly exact cuz his memory is insane. That's the other thing like I have a terrible memory unless it's like super important and he remembers everything like every conversation with every team we have we'll write down the key points but he remembers the details anyway. So El Brand, this is this is your life. It's the El Brand
0: pod. <laughs> so the the last time you were on, we were talking about Maxie's improvement. I remember that, and it, it's only three preseason games for sure. But we came on after the first one. We did a podcast right after it. First one, second one, whatever it was. Second one, and we were like, "Uh oh, he got like better again." he's stronger, he's shooting more quickly. He's, he's certainly like, seems more decisive and all of those things. Um, did you project like once you have a player, did you you project that and then how accurate are your player projections generally? Like, how do you do that? So first maxi and then
2: maxi player projections are way off. Like everyone's like, he keeps beating them over and over. And like. Even historically, if you beat, like if you beat the high, if you hit the high end of what you can be, it's more likely you go down than up. Almost for every player. So, look, I mean, once you have, you see his work ethic and how much he loves the game. I guess you try to factor that in, but the reality is there are most of these players that hit the high end, have a high work ethic like him, so they're already built into the data. Look, he's he's just a joy. I mean, I saw him. Today And, you know, he's, he's, you know, I was complimenting it. We, we actually were having a conversation today as a group in the training room about great players. And there was a debate between Larry Bird and a recent player in the league that I'm not allowed to talk about. But I was like, that player in the league is no question better than Larry Bird. No question. Because Larry Bird, I know this for a fact, was not a strong defender except defensive rebounding. And I said, to be a top player in this league, you have to bring it on both ends. And then I looked at Maxie and I was like, in fact, your defense looks like a big step forward. But if you want to be an all-time great, it's got to be both ends. So he, he took it in great. I mean, look, he's like some guys could get offended by that. But I think he he knows two things. He knows both what he needs to improve to make it as a top player. and he's And he's working towards it. And look, I and I'm worried he's using up all his shot luck, but right now because <laughs> like I'm like, it's insane. Like if he's anything close to this, we're in good shape. Look, I you know, our if assuming guy, you know, guys, whatever, five through eleven are hopefully as solid as we think they are, our championship comes down to Joel being about what he was the last two years. James being not even 2018 James, but just a, a, a good James, which looks like we have. And Maxi probably needs to take a step forward. That was actually one of the hardest of the three, I thought. And it might be happening. It would be amazing if it
0: does. We take a break from this pod with Daryl Morey, the president of basketball operations for the Sixers. Talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Vegas Mike. Da-da-da-da-da. I got to get some Vegas Mike music. Mike, mm-hmm. Vegas Mike, What mm-hmm. is what would you say the line is uh, for this weekend's game uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles are at home against the Cowboys. There's some okay. rumor that What's his face might play um, Cowboys Back. quarterback Dak Prescott. What would you say this line is? Okay, haven't looked. Okay. Um, Vegas interesting. Vegas. Vegas I wonder. Mike. I do
1: wonder if this if this uh, segment will go away once I shave the mustache at some point.
0: Oh, I love Vegas. Um, people, the the people love Vegas, Mike. I think DraftKings now, loves Vegas, Mike, too. The
1: dirt the dirtbag mustache stays, and so I will say Eagles at home. Eagles five and zero. Cowboys four and one. Quarterback uncertainty. Give me Eagles minus
0: five and a half, four and a half pretty okay. close well, not i'm pretty bad, close vegas, i'm always mike. within one i've, I've yeah. been pretty damn close not bad vegas mike uh, of course mm. um draft a official sports betting partner of the nfl bet five bucks on any nfl team to win get 200 bucks in free bets if they do if you're a new customer and you use code rtrs also stepped up same game parlays which you can boost all right once one game per day, you can boost your same game parlays. You can do as many same game parlays as you want, but you can boost one of them. Also, we'll have a Ricky same game parlay for the opener against Boston um, for the Sixers. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code RTRS to get 200 bucks in free bets. If your team wins, when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code RTRS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details Back to the pod with Daryl. I mean, you're not going to say the specifics,
1: but there was obviously a world when you were thinking about making the big trade a year ago, and for that whole season, where people were asking for Maxi, and it would have been the, them together.
2: He was the only player everyone asked for. Right? I w- uh,
1: yeah, I would. Do say, you look at well, that and go like, they, I'm they so glad that Thiebel, I didn't trade uh, this person?
2: Thiebel and Maxi were the two that teams wanted. Um and yeah, look, I'm really happy he's here. Obviously, so did so, I dodge that one enough? Or?
1: No, I think it's great. I just <laughs> we we both like. I'm always so. I'm. I believe in players hitting at least. I'm a, I'm a role player potential. guy. No, I'm a role player guy. I really am. I'm. Yeah. I'm such a role player guy, and like I want to find Diamond and rough tr- role players. Traveling Queen has a tip. Tre- we'll, we'll get there, Daryl. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. But so Wait, I want. What to, was I that? always I never.
2: I never heard that. What was that?
1: That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like
2: Billy, Billy Ocean, Billy Ocean.
1: <laughs> the the finding <laughs> of
2: how
1: how do you go from someone like we think this guy can be good, whether it's like in a hyper useful sixth man role or even like a primarily scoring point guard role to like. How do you f- change the the way you think about someone from like, this guy could be a very helpful role player, which are great and are my kind of player and wanting Jaden Springer to one day become versus like this guy's no, he's become like a building block and he's become like a foundational player in, in what we see this team looking like for the next five, eight, 10 years.
2: Well, can I first say that I'm usually team Michael on the RTRS pod, I have to say. Thank you. But when it comes to role players, Spike is right. You are over obsessed with That's right. the role players. I know.
1: I know that as well. <laughs> I don't disagree.
2: So, um, and to say your question back, because I don't, not sure I totally grokked it. You're saying, when do I know that a role player has become a key piece? Is that well,
1: how even do you like in your mind when you think about like what your team's going to look like? Of just like, okay, it'd be nice if we had. I'm not going to name a specific player. Let's say. Aaron McKee from the past well it's nice we have Aaron McKee and all of a sudden like Aaron McKee becomes the kind of player that you now have to factor in building around as one of your tent pole players like is yeah. that what is that like is that and it feels like it's not a thing that happens very often
2: it's such a good question and people are going to take this answer as a way to criticize me but I'm pretty certain it's never happened in my career so I started with Yao Ming and Trace McGrady in Houston in a very similar situation to here where it was like fill in the pieces and we did a pretty good job and took the Lakers that won the title the seven games that year. And then again, you know, we traded for James Harden um, and then signed or traded for the other tent pole, as you'd say, a top two or three guys. So yeah, Maxi could be the first one for me. Like, Another player that I drafted became a maybe the third or fourth place player on that Rockets team. Again, I can't say it's because he's still on another team. but but in turn, like Maxi does feel like the first one who might have, who has a really good chance to become I mean, Maxi R' is ready, I think, one of our ten pole players. and just how now it's like rebuilding teams have to go through this thing all the time. like, okay, this guy, he's advancing, but if he doesn't become a top twenty player, that we have nothing, mm-hmm. and the nice familiar, thing about we're here familiar is familiar with that. Know, yeah, <laughs> <time>. <laughs> yeah. you, you've been yeah. through that. <laughs> we remember, um, and you guys have been through this whole thing. But I would say the nice thing is Maxi doesn't have to be a top twenty player. It Would be great if he is, because then I think then I think we're you know on Broad Street or wherever you guys say here that I need to I need to learn the right mm-hmm. things.
0: I, I think some of what Mike is asking too, and I'm curious about is how do you because I, I think. I have done this, and you know Maxie was one player I did it with, and it eventually hit me last year. You know when he started making shots, I just said to myself, "This is gonna end." Like this is a lucky streak. I, I don't. Yeah, because you're
2: like half empty, guys. Well, that's why I'm yeah. on Team Michael all the time.
0: Well, <laughs> that's why it's a good podcast. One of us oh, has got to be right. That's so, good. but I guess how do like I, I I guess some of what I'm wondering in this is escaping your own previous bias and and recognizing that you were wrong um, about what your projection was or what your what you thought he was going to be, even though obviously the team drafted him, liked him. I think it's more about that moment where you realize that you have to look at him different and it might be difficult considering all the work you put into thinking about him one specific way.
2: It's a good, I like how you framed it because you're always updating your, your, what we'd call your priors if we're using a data approach, which I'm sure will drive some people on the pod crazy. But, but everyone has all these priors in their head of where they are. And when do you update your prior to say Maxi is a whole set higher? I would say the early signs, you have to credit Doc Rivers, who was very early in the first like few days of training camp his rookie year saying, this kid's special. And look, a lot of times coaches can get higher lower guy on guys, but he he was right from day one and really did a, has done a great job working with him since day one. So that that's sort of like a subjective one. Then then I think you go towards like, look, we're constantly looking at comps. So now he can, you know, he's his ability to tack the hoop in space, his ability to finish and transition. In that first year we're elite then last year his shooting which is still a little bit up in the air shooting takes such a long time to establish a level Um, but it sure looks like it's going to be like very good I, I mean like it doesn't need to be anything above 37 and a half like it doesn't have to be 37 and a half would be wonderful like and it might be much better than that when you watch his form and and when you track his makes in practice, it looks like he's tracking to something higher than 37 and a half. So anyway, I'm giving some of the sauce behind the scenes. Like we have more data than you do, acceleration data, how how much his shots hit the center of the hoop, like all these kinds of things that we used to update, that we used to update our priors. And look, uh, but I I don't want to make it sound overly complex. Like every, every diehard Sixers fan that listens to this pod and you guys – You know, you're you're probably like you said, Spike, updating your projections as we are. Right. In real time, it keeps ticking higher, which is awesome. I mean, so so how the way though, you've had you've had young players in the past who looked like they were, and then I don't want to, you know. And then yeah. It, it take
1: takes me a little know. while to update those priors. <laughs> yeah. it, takes me, it takes me a bit of time. Still holding on to them priors. I like the priors sometimes.
0: <laughs> is, uh, is Mike's still waiting for Jonah Bolden to be that uh, backup center. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: who is the BYU kid that you guys said? I was oh, oh yeah.
0: Brandon Davies. Yeah. Sure.
2: I, I that's, actually that's, remember one guy on the Sixers. I don't remember who. Actually, I think I do remember who like a georgetown kid anyway he
0: hollis thompson like, henry Sims.
2: maybe uh, you said it i did but okay sam i was like sam why why is this guy on your team like if he hit the best possible is he's your 11th guy like why are you why and he was he was i don't know he never gave me a clear answer
0: <laughs> shocker <laughs> this is surprising great. yeah great
2: yeah no uh, sam is like so hilarious He. i don't I think if his mom called and was like, you know, is, is your wife pregnant? He'd be like, I can't, can't reveal that right now. <laughs> sure. You know, like <laughs> need to, need to keep that under wraps. They'll know our, sh- it's just what they're expecting us to do is help you. <laughs> that's that's so, right. Yeah.
1: So. Uh, well, I won't stand for any Hollis Thompson slander. So I'll, I'll yeah. hold you to task test for that again. Um, back to, back is to Maxie. and his, is there a his list re- being developed? Yeah, there is, but big time. Okay. Okay. Harden and Maxi ostensibly guys who thrive with the ball in their hands next to obviously an MVP candidate who you would love to have the ball in his hands for uh, a good amount of the time. As far as like, how do you, as Maxi keeps getting better and Harden keeps, you know, existing in time as age happens to us all. Like, how do you, how do you calculate, how do you juggle I know, I'm sure, like your answer would be different from like the coaching staff's answer, but like, how would you and uh, and the front office want to see Harden and Maxi sort of juggle their aggressiveness, their ball handling, finding their own shot, distributing for others? Like, what what do you want? The, obviously, they're starting together, so what, how do you con- consider that as one gets better and the other one just like you know keeps getting older as we all do? My
2: answer, as you might guess, is like, I blissfully don't have to think about it mostly cuz okay. cuz Doc handles that and I think Doc can have a good thing going. I know you guys are hard on him and whenever you want to like, you know, have a battle over that, we can. But but the uh, I would say this, I do think about it. I, I actually think mostly that it's a really hard problem. So James and Joel work so well together that normally you might want to think about staggering them, but we 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 looked at this hard last year and it's not clear that you should. So then that could work in Maxi's favor. But at the same time, James does work really well with like an open floor. I think we saw it a little bit yesterday. And so you sort of want that, too. And you want Maxi to develop. I don't think. Look, we're just going to focus on winning games in the title this year. But. There are, there's a ton of variables and I don't think the answer is clear. And so, uh, you know, I think that one's just going to play out over time. So
0: the, uh, what well, you brought up doc. Okay. Okay, great.
2: I, so, I am hoping going, you I, wouldn't take me. Up no, on that. no, 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 no. Right.
0: Look, I am. I, and I think Mike will attest to this. I've said over and over again, I'm not a big coaches matter all that much. Uh, guy. I don't really like blaming coaches for losing. I don't like giving them credit for winning. I think like most of them, especially in, in the NBA, um, I, I'm not, I, I don't blame him for very much. And I, if they win the title, I wouldn't give him credit for very much. It, it'd be the last thing I want to talk
2: about. Can, can I, can I make a quick point on that that people sure. miss? Sure. Cause people obviously see the, on the course stuff, which matters and I'm not saying it doesn't, but there's a lot of behind the scene things, including stuff, super tangible, like, Montrose Harrell's here because of Doc Rivers and Sam Cassell, but they've, they're they like a tandem in my mind. And Doc gives Sam such latitude to work with players that it's part of Doc. Sure. And, like, uh, people are like, oh, they should have challenged this play. And let's even say they're right. I'm not even saying they're right. Like, we missed the challenge. We should have done this. We shouldn't have done that. Which... Look, coaches are a little bit screwed on those. Like only one out of four people are right. You either should have done it and did it and it worked. Even if you do the right thing and it doesn't work, people still criticize you. Getting like Mantras Harold and having him want to be here is a huge factor that people don't really factor in. So I just wanted to say that before we go sure. into whatever you're going to go into. I, the,
0: all I would say about him, and you're going to say this doesn't matter, but I think it does matter. And I will, mm-hmm. com- I will compare him to Sam. In that, like, Sam did not think it was important to do things publicly. And he thought that there was more of a detriment than a positive. But it ended up that it possibly may have, like, cost him a year or two with the Sixers. No, because, job. yeah, because of how he handled it. There's no reason for Doc Rivers, in my opinion to be as dismissive to the press in one case, even basically accusing the guy of like being a racist, uh, like, or saying something racist, like for, for the, the couple years he's been here, it's just like, for me, he makes it harder on himself and he draws attention to things that don't matter. Uh, all, some of the decisions he makes, who the backup centers, yada, 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 all, all these things by making, everyone who, who asks a question that challenges him feel like an asshole. And I don't think that's fair. I think I think in in Philadelphia, I think we have, not all, but we have some very intelligent uh, beat writers. You know, Kyle is really smart. Derek is really smart. There's a lot of people there who care and have spent a lot of time here. And I just think like, I, I don't think it's necessary. And I think it brings more attention uh, to things that, like to other things that might not matter is my opinion. And I think he makes a mistake there.
2: So a couple of things uh, I'll say there. One is I absolutely agree with you that we have some tremendous writers if I start to name them, but there's at least in Houston, I felt like honestly there was one guy who knew basketball here. I feel like there, I judge him by how well they know basketball. I think we have like five or six, mm-hmm. which is pretty, pretty rare, but even better than Boston when I was there. Um, Another thing I would say that's going to sound like an excuse, but it's just a fact, is that coaches are put in front of the media too much. Like, it's just ridiculous to me. Like, I get to pick and choose, yet somehow they're on after shoot-around and then before the game and then after the game. And, like, look, if I did it that much, I would make a lot of mistakes. Like, I'm sure some clutch points bullshit or ball sack is going to – Aggregate something I say tonight that's stupid.
1: CJ, and clip he, him saying ball sack <laughs>
2: <laughs> or whatever the new one is. There's like a new one, like a new ball, ball sack has spawned multiple sacks, multiple sacks, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> clip multiple sacks as well. Please, <laughs>
0: yeah. keep going, Daryl. Yeah, and I'm not look, asking you to defend. No, 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 him. I, I, I'm just look, giving that's my not opinion. My, yeah, no, yeah. I think
2: like we're sharing opinions, that's what the yeah. podcast is, and yeah. I would say for sure, look, um, it's – it's uh, he does a good job in the stuff that matters for winning the title. That's all I focus on. I'll just sure. say that.
0: That's fair. We take a, a, just a short break from the Ricky to talk about our sponsor, Mortgage CS. I want you – if you're, you're sitting on your phone or near a, a laptop right now, I want you to go to MortgageCS.com slash Ricky and see the care – they put into that site for our listeners. See the care, and that's the kind of care they're going to put into you. And the only reason, the only way they're able to do that is because they are independent and they are not too big for their britches. Like you go and you Google mortgage rate, the first one that comes up, you put in and they end up taking your information and selling it to a bunch of lenders. It's not what Mortgage CS does. Mortgage CS is about you. Um, they're an independent mortgage broker which means that they don't have ties to any of the lenders. What a a broker does is it goes to the lenders and gets you the best rate they can, but some of them a little dirty. I mean, not dirty. They're allowed to do it, I guess, but they they have ties to certain banks. So they want to lead you toward those banks because of that relationship, not mortgage CS. Their only relationship is with you. Um, They're local right here in the area. They're going to be ready for you whenever you need them. And they're Biggest goal, and we've heard this from every Ricky person who has gone to Mortgage CS, is to help you learn about the mortgage process. You can call or text their CEO, Ben, anytime. Right now, right now, 267-391-7425, 267-391-7425. And that availability is going to be important, whether you are, uh, you know, uh, whether you're buying a home, whether you are uh, debt consolidating, whatever you're doing, Mortgage CS is going to be there. Um, Adam Kasabi even approves they want to be your partner. Go get pre-qualified with Mortgage CS. Go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky or call or text Ben, their CEO. That's his phone number, 267-391-7425. That's Mortgage slash Ricky. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecscom slash Ricky for more information. Back to the pod.
1: How concerned are you? about James Harden's explosiveness, going to the rim. Because last season, passing, he's great. Defense, I thought he, can, I thought he played his ass off. Um, jumper looked relatively fine. The thing that was concerning to me was that he couldn't get by guys as much anymore. How much was that was the hamstring and how much of that is just...
2: Yeah, his, his biggest change from, let's go two years ago before the hamstring is really finishing more than anything um everything else is actually pretty pretty in range um it's too early i i believe that will be better he had a nice drive and finish over jared allen who yeah i guess i can't talk much about jared allen except the fact that he had a drive over him but (laughs) but look he was he's a good defender let's just put it that way and very mobile and so that was a nice play i think it's still to be determined but everything else is pretty much in range of, you know, his, his MVP levels. And again, like he's, we're excited about him. I actually like how docs, uh, you know, I don't know if I'd use magic Johnson, but, but doc play, you know, watched magic more than I did. He's a little older than me. Um, And so I trust that he knows that, you know, I, I actually think, James is a better shooter and Magic obviously was all time great at some other stuff that would be unfair to compare anyone to. So so
1: but one one of the we had drawn last year. It was mostly talking about the trade. It was mostly we didn't know what it was gonna look like yet. We didn't know what the season was gonna come down to. Um it was I you know, I think that even though the team was extremely flawed last year, I think if MB doesn't break his face on Pascal Siakam's uh elbow. <laughs> Yeah, they could be different. You win. don't know. You don't yeah. know, yeah. Get to seven, um, probably at least. Yeah. So but the my biggest frustration, I might have asked you this before. My biggest frustration with last year's team was, and you probably have numbers for this. They got to no loose balls. Floorboards, oh, nothing. Rebounds, 100%. nothing, toughness, nothing. Every every single possession the other team extended, and the Sixers wilted. You went out this offseason. And like a with your hair on fire and got a collection of players that do exclusive, almost exclusively that shit that is like, I'm going to go get like how much of that frustrated you last season and how much of that, you know, team ethos wise is what you're looking to imbue as like a, an identity into this team.
2: First off, I would say it's a group effort. Like we have a big front office that does a good job. So just starting with that. But second, I would say, yeah, look, I've I've always been that kind of a guy player, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be Chuck Hayes or Trevor Reza or you know, you go go through my list of players we've had on those Rockets teams, those are underrated Oh, I thought you were talking about,
1: sorry, I thought you were talking about yourself as a player, which I actually was was (laughs) going to like a lot.
0: I was going to like that a
1: lot. And I would have, I would have encouraged Spike to play the sound that he plays when I talk about myself as a player like (laughs) that. So if you want to talk about yourself as a player, you're welcome to.
2: I believe I've avoided that. And you know how I learned to avoid that? It was early in my career. I'm not going to say the GM, but one of the GMs in one of his press conferences talked about his time playing at the jcc and i and i noted to myself i i will never talk about my my terrible wreck slash intramural slash high school basketball career because okay. it yeah is about as irrelevant as you could ever imagine for the- <laughs> all right, but,
1: but you're but you're a chuck hayes guy in the sense that you like those yes, kinds of yes. players yes no
2: no these guys shane baddie these guys who do all the little things and you know like possessions are huge and one thing, again, I don't want to make this the I love Doc podcast, but I do think he's been wrongfully maligned is that he, like this offseason, not only in the planning for who we get, but also in like his planning this offseason with the coaches. I think, I don't know, you, did you watch the preseason game yesterday? Mm-hmm. Like the number one thing I noted was the defensive intensity. Obviously, we have some different players like Melton. Uh, but uh, like the the intensity from even guys like Springer, Paul Reed, um, you know, Thiebel, you know, go up and down the roster, even Shake. I, I saw Shake today, and I was like, Shake, you know, contract here, huh? <laughs> so, so I was like, I was like, very intense. De- like, you know, and uh, it was, you know, it. Look, if we can bring that defense, like, we're going to be a real tough out in 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 the playoffs. So
0: admittedly, I did not listen to the entire podcast, but it felt like the clip that was posted online gave enough context to your answer. And you did a, a pod with, uh, it's okay that you did a pod with someone else, but you did it with
2: cheated you. on I cheated on you yeah. guys.
0: You do it, well, John Clark, it has to be a different thing. But you're not
2: and, supposed to name other pods, right? What's well, the rules? I don't, I don't even think it's a rules.
0: Sixers pod. I think it's just his pod, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, there are no other Sixers pods for you right. to go on, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> right. So there was an answer of yours where you were both laughing and lamenting about the desire for players to want to play in Philadelphia. And you said that the fact that some don't, um, while you you don't understand why they don't, but why, why some don't makes your job harder. Now, I think there was one player who was here previously who's no longer on the team that people were assuming that it was about, but my head started drifting to deals that maybe were never made because somebody didn't want to play here. My question is- Daryl was there, nodding during that. I just for yeah, that. I was yeah.
2: nodding. I like there have been players that through their agents have absolutely said that they don't want to play here. And, so, and I think it's by reputation. I don't think it was because of- yeah, to be, to be, but, but yeah, no, I, I, it's a real thing. And even like I got super frightened last year when Tobias went through his thing where like the fans were booing him and he seemed to be going down this dark road where he was going to heel turn and mm-hmm. get the whole town to hate him. And I'm like, I'm like, Holy cow. Like this could be horrible. And it's not something I would have thought about for one microsecond while I was in Houston, not even for a nanosecond. Like they're great fans, but they're not, they're not this, like, uh, I love it. Like if they're like this ride or die, like if you're not bringing the full effort, I'm going to make life a living hell for you, even at the Starbucks until <laughs> you do it. <laughs> and I sort of love it. It's great. It just reminds me of my roots a little bit. So, it, but I but, do have to factor it in.
0: You know, I do. Uh, one, what. Covington handled it better than any player I've ever seen. What that did poor he say? Fu- I'm curious actually. That that poor fucking guy got because you know, when you're shooting high volume and you're the only guy that can shoot on the, the team, you're gonna miss a lot of shots. But he right. made a lot of shots too. And he just went through a stretch where every time he shot, they they, they booed the no, shit. No, are you of serious? Yes. Robert and I, yeah, we were a very pro Covington podcast yeah, here, but I heard. Um. So, what was there anything
2: like? I even in the third baseman on the Phillies this year. I can't yeah. remember his name. Alec yeah. Bone. I, was I very, went to very- the game when he had three errors.
0: You were there. The whole,
2: I was at the game, and they were wow. like just crushing him. I'm like, oh, this guy's done. Like he's gonna have to leave. <laughs> I'm like frightened for him, and I, I'll give him credit. He's, he he handled it. I think you know. The, it's not that hard. You have to figure out. You have to just say, I I fucked up, and
1: and I
0: move gotta that's it.
2: A, I got to get a few F bombs in to compete with Kate Scott. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. She, she, no, it's like broke you got to
1: record. <laughs> Bohm really owned it immediately. And he was like, I didn't mean it. I was frustrated. I take ownership. I'm sorry. I want to play better. And then it's also just a funny clip hearing him say, I fucking hate it here. That like, <laughs> it was just really funny to see that happen. And to get a standing ovation in the next game is so.
2: It's unbelievable.
1: It, it's um, It's such a uniquely Philadelphia. Thing that could yeah. happen and now he's gone on this run and the Phillies are are succeeding and for him to after after the end of the um the Cardinals series he gave a quote I don't know if you saw it, but he gave a quote saying because he said I fucking hate hate this place someone asked him about about that and he was like do you have any messages to the fans they love you he said he said I can love this place and it's just like <laughs> it's just like a cool special story that like if you can get like in sync with the fans here and the vibe here, then like, it can be like truly special, but I also get why you, some players are telling I you like, I feel like, like I'm totally starting
2: to it. understand it. I will say it does make my job a little harder, but maybe, sure. maybe, maybe it also makes the highs higher, you know? So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's a good thing. And, and do you know that the unofficial slogan at MIT is, I fucking hate this place. <laughs> it's, if you go to MIT, it literally is stenciled. I F H T P all over the campus. So um, so would anyway.
0: you would you say that there's some anything major that hasn't happened because a player that doesn't want to no, come here? No, oh, okay, the major, these okay. Are all right,
2: minor things,
0: yeah. Okay. Um,
1: I I was wondering, and again, we're gonna get the traveling queen, so I'm just like know that that's coming. <laughs> you building the, up. I have uh, my Sixers
2: fan rant too. Once you come at me, okay, um, yeah.
1: Do you want to? Do you want him to do that? Yeah, now? we may as well do it now. You may as well yeah, do it now because I have a decision. It's
2: it's sort of like a you know a, a, um, why am I drawing a blank? On who's the Man Show guy I used to Adam Carolla t- style rant? I, I don't know if okay. I can work myself up. Okay, it's let's more see. Of it. a re- it's more of a request, so I just want the fans of the Sixers to recognize that there are only fifteen roster spots mm-hmm. on the roster, and then and two every, and two two
0: ways and. Two, Maybe you shouldn't I'm have signed to, 20 guys then. I don't know. I'm
2: trying to keep it simple. Okay. There's 15 NBA roster spots. Okay. This applies to nearly every player who is waived in the NBA or is a free agent and can't find a home. Mm-hmm. They can't all sign with the Sixers. They literally we would need 90 roster spots to keep <laughs> to keep the sick the fans of the Sixers happy. We would need 90 roster spots to hold every over the hill hall of famer, who is available still. Like DeAndre
0: Jordan. Darren? I'm not
2: gonna say everyone. <laughs> wow. Every everyone. Oh, good. A- everyone who's there's going to be now the reason I wanted this rant today, and why I'm so happy this is today. Yeah, is that over the next week, the final cuts have to be in by Saturday. There are going to be about 50 players waived in the NBA. They cannot all sign with the Sixers. They can't. We only have 15 spots. And here's my request. If you are going to submit a "Daryl go get this guy." Okay. You need to say who you're waving. That has okay. to be part of your It's fair. I'm igno- if you if you have a tweet that says "get this guy" that does not say also wave that guy, I will ignore mm-hmm. such tweet. It will be it will be muted forever. So, <laughs> there you go, 6 or I
1: I think your point about uh, Doc addressing the media too much, and that you would do a bad job uh, is true. I think you're <laughs> right. I think this is it, and there's a nice proof,
2: Confirmed. And a,
1: sort of an uh, an odd way to to to, to uh, prove your rightness. But uh, no, there you am you go. I
2: getting a good mood now? My bo- No, I no, getting- no, it's fine. Oh. Yeah, the
1: I'm- off of that, um, and this is a bit of a too good question. Back when uh, back when during the process years, there were a couple times that the Sixers were too good. And we wanted them to be bad because they had just assembled too many good players. Like, And there was a concern that at some point, are the Sixers too good? At what point does the depth of this team, which, not saying this to blow smoke, is the deepest Sixers team of my lifetime, uh, at what point does that become problematic? Because at this point, Isaiah Joe, who's a player that I think is a rotation player in the NBA, is, by my calculations, you might disagree, the 14th uh player on the roster, the 14th guy in the rotation. And that means guys like either Montrez or Paul or Matisse or Korkmaz or maybe Daniel House or Shake, whatever. Those guys, a bunch of those guys are not going to play for stretches of the time, a long stretch of the time. At what point does that potentially become an issue and having and and do you want almost to have you say there's 15 roster spots to two ways? Like at what point do you want to have like more development projects like a Jaden Springer that wouldn't be play, shouldn't be playing right now in major minutes in the in the regular season because like all those other guys that I listed should be in an NBA rotation and how much do you like want them to be and how much is there maybe unhappiness with their role going to become a factor
2: every team sort of takes a different approach to this i mean i've always been a get as many good players as possible you you do bring up a real issue which is when they aren't playing, which, mm-hmm. to your point, is about to happen to mm-hmm. quite a few players that think they mm-hmm. should. Yeah, look, if they start to be problematic, then you have to address it. Again, Doc is one of the best at these. Like Teams take three approaches with their end of their bench, right? They either have the Jaden Springers, 19, 20 years old, he could be good someday. Mm-hmm. Now the G League has made that better because they can still get time, which is a big deal. Or they have the I'm trying to like the as
1: Haslam, I'll say it.
2: Okay, I can't say the names, sure. but but, yeah. but glorified yeah, those, assistant coach. The guys yeah, okay. who are happy to just wave the towel, mm-hmm. um, not addressing the player you said. And then and then or could the, be. Who knows? the third one is like <laughs> get 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 Trez. Like Trez is a really, really good NBA player and he wants to win a title. Um you know, I think Doc was very upfront with him before he signed about what the role will be here, and you know, I think. Look, we we know we're all on a mission, so I think it's going to be okay. But right, it does is something you have to monitor and make sure it's not uh, not a problem.
1: You mentioned that just off of that. Just talk about how Beball Paul played in the playoffs for me, yeah. Because we mm-hmm. we love Beball Paul, and he his, truly has his been nickname the best is basketball. His name, his nickname is basketball, and that's important yeah. to know.
2: Yeah, I think he's decided we, to go with Paul Reed now. Just uh, so
1: you know. I think he's he, too late. But buddy. it's
2: like when uh, Britney Spears is going to the mature phase of her. Okay. Career. Okay. You know, he, he he wants to be taken more seriously. As, sure. As Paul my Reed. nephew my
1: nephew doesn't want to be called Osters anymore, but when it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, just saying pal.
2: respect that he wants to be Paul yeah. Reed. Well, now. the
1: nickname is too good. Sometimes you have to okay. give it <laughs> yeah. the. Like he was, the Sixers had, we've talked, we talked about the backup center thing a lot when you were here you said not to make as big of a deal out of it you were wrong yeah. Yeah. b-ball Wait, paul was was great <laughs> i'm not a, that assumes facts not an
2: evidence no no, no. You know, <laughs> b-ball
1: <laughs> paul was great and how and like doc was reluctant to go to him for a while and he was easily joel's best non-horford backup center for his entire career and how did, did that surprise you how did you feel about it what do you look for b-ball paul going forward
2: you have him is clearly better than every other center we've had over the last two years. Behind well, I'm not sure. Uh, no, true. I'm saying but
1: over the last six years before prior to you as well.
2: Six years? Yeah, yeah. I might disagree with that. But I look, I'm very excited about Paul Reed. Um, I think
1: certainly in the playoffs, he, I, I will he, say there, there's as a far player like we a,
2: had uh, last year who's on another team, Andre though, that, Drummond. I, you're I think talking he could about. argue. Isn't yeah. I don't agree.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's fair, hard.
2: but yeah. you would at least admit reasonable people can ad- sure. Can yeah, that. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure, of course.
2: All right. Um, I thought Paul Reed played great. You know, I think we all thought he played great.
1: You didn't live with the backup center issue as long as we have, and that's why you're not yeah, you're not I as know. excited as Bebo Paul.
2: I know, yeah, I know. What? Well, to be clear, I didn't say. I said you over-focused on it, which is impossible to argue with, because <laughs> that's my own judgment. The reason they
1: lost, like, four four playoff games.
2: Right. No, but I meant since I got here.
1: Okay, yeah, sure. here. that's fair. And
2: then second, you guys went on, like, multi-podcast <laughs> rants about the guy we signed last year. Yeah, you were wrong about a podcast
0: a week. You were wrong right. about that, too.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Look, I'm wrong a lot of the time. If you're going to come on this podcast as a basically like regular guest, you almost co-host the podcast at this point. <laughs> you you are, have to I'm accept to... that sometimes all three of us are going to be wrong. That's
2: correct. I think we've been on three times, I think. maybe
0: I'm
1: We right. came on your Twitter spaces. I'm going to count that yeah,
0: one Yeah, well.
2: that counts. Oh, yes, you did. That the was Q. before With was our boy Twitter Hugh. spaces. That was yeah. when it, we still were doing that thing that died, the... Whatever the clubhouse or something. Yeah, yeah. you you do a lot of five. Twitter,
1: a lot of internet things that died, like you know <laughs> NFTs, all this stuff. You really like, yeah. you, you like it.
2: My stuff is doing great. I'm like <laughs> the, the hottest Wagner of
1: NFTs, so it's great. all good, great, uh, <laughs> great. yeah, Ju- and just as dead as as Honus.
0: <laughs> the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Briggs Auction a four generation auction house right there in Delaware County. But as far as Briggs auction goes right now is, is probably the most fun auction going on right now on the site that I've seen on Briggs, go to Briggs auction or download the Briggs auction app. It is their toys auction, man. If, if you love old star Wars stuff, if you love old Superman stuff, if you love old Batman stuff, this auction is about 500 different lots is is really awesome, like original Star Wars figures up there. Mike, you're a toys guy, were you ever a toys guy? Not really, I played know. a lot of sports, sports guy. Well, you could be both, A to- wow, what, a, what an insult to toys guys.
1: No, definitely. I, I c- definitely can be both. I just, okay. I did, I look back at my childhood sometimes and think like, what did I do? What was I doing? <laughs> I wasn't watching like a ton of movies, wasn't Right. like doing a ton of like varied reading yeah. I was just like playing so many sports all the time. And I well, wish that I hadn't. And I wish someone had told me about Briggs Auction when I was a kid and got into <laughs> some weird shit.
0: So get your kid into some weird shit because they will regret it like me. Um, it's just really, really a, a cool auction right now. Briggs Auction has new Star Wars film posters and autographs, autographed by Mark Hamill. Like original Star Wars posters, autographed by Mark Hamill. It's just, it's really fucking great. Go to BriggsAuction.com. That is BriggsAuction.com. They have auctions every single week, estate auctions, toys, specialized ones like this, all the way through Christmas. A different auction every week. You can go—they have open pickup on Saturdays. Picking it up is real easy. Or you can make an appointment during the week. Or they can work with you on a shipper to get it sent to you. Uh, And if you're looking to downsize and you want to do an auction of your stuff, all your toys, or your children, that you want to auction off your children that play sports, um, like Mike. Um, (laughs) Obviously, you can't auction off your children. But your toys— yeah, your your furniture info at briggsauction is the email address to send it to. That's info at BriggsAuction.com. Once again, BriggsAuction.com. We love them. Briggs Auction. Back to the pod. If you don't want to answer this, you can. I'm I'm actually going to give you cover, but I'm interested to hear your response. Uh, as Ethan Strauss has written about a lot, the connection between agencies and news breakers in the NBA, and it seems like this off season, it has come to light even more and more uh, bright that the lights have been shown on it. Do you feel like that sort of influence is bad for the sport?
2: Well, the media probably didn't help us this off season uh, on June 30th at 6 PM. Cause they, you know, broke a bunch of uh, stuff. Might cost
0: you a yeah. In.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I'm I'm down on the media in general. Um, I would say I don't know. Ethan's a yeah, I'll, Ethan's I'll, a good writer. Woj is a good newsbreaker.
0: But it's not just him.
2: They all have.
0: It's roles not just Woj. Right?
2: yeah, they're all part of this ecosystem that we're all a part of. I don't know. I
0: don't know. Is the say. ecosystem a, a problematic? I, I guess I guess sometimes to me people misinterpret interest in stories as as like positive interest in the league that all attention is good attention and it just seems to me that like for me personally it's at the tipping point where even though it can feel our podcasts it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily like a positive overall for the sport is my is my yeah
2: i mean i look this is when we start to sound like old people like i I don't know i i I think yeah i do i wish that when you're on a podcast, it's not aggregated 40 ways. Do I wish that there wasn't this rush to be like two microseconds before someone else is a big deal when you're breaking news? Like it's, it just seems like a waste of human enterprise and
1: energy. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
2: like it's just, you know, I like playing poker. Uh, I, you know, I like things like that, but I recognize that all we're doing is shuffling money around and it's not productive. So you know, i wish i wish a lot of time and effort wasn't spent on completely unproductive things how about, how about that
0: okay here's an easier one for you to answer that you, yeah. i think you will like better um, you cuz you were talking about pj tucker being 37 and as i've watched the the basketball the baseball playoffs you know there are a lot of pitchers who are in their mid to upper 30s and still pitching great um, and you know, you look at Chris Paul and he's, you know, 37 or whatever. And um, it does seem as if science and exercise has allowed players to play more effectively later in later in their careers. Do you think this is true? Like, do the numbers bear this out or these or are just pick, yeah. picking? No, no, yeah,
2: you're, you're right. It's it's not like an overwhelming thing, but the 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 and older players has gone up. And like how well they last into that range uh, relative to their peak is still yet to be written. There's just not enough data. That was what I was referring to on PJ, that people are like, well, how will he be in two years? I'm like, well, he's already like a unicorn who doesn't exist in the data set of the NBA. If you look at 37 year old players in the NBA, it's something crazy. Like at least half are in the Hall of Fame, if not more, who made it to 37. Uh, I hope someday the hall of fame recognizes amazing role players like PJ Tucker, but currently he's not on pace to be in the hall of fame. So, um, I would say he's like there, he's super unique already. I have no way to judge him except what I see on the floor, uh, right as I see it now.
0: So, so so you don't think there's enough information to say that like there could be a market inefficiency in older players.
2: I think it's a really good one to bet on. I'm just saying, yeah, there's not, there's not, uh, there's not any sort of like we like to talk in as much certainty as we can with data, and I, I would say what we'd say is that there's a lot of variance. So and you need variance. So it's good. It's a good place to find undervalued things like you're sure. like you're positing. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: One of the speaking of PJ, one of the benefits to PJ Tucker is that he is capable of playing some five mm-hmm. in big moments. He has done it before. Um, like yesterday as, in a preseason like, game, one of his like biggest yesterday in preseason game, year. huge. Uh, how much as, as with that being one example, how much should the regular season be about? This season be about prioritizing wins versus like health versus playing the way that is the most effective in the playoffs. Where previous Sixers teams, both your Sixers teams and prior, have proven less effective uh, because things stopped working in the playoffs or or holes were more exposed in the playoffs that the regular season was not as used to cover up.
2: Uh, Yet another great question. Nothing need that. So we've spent a lot of time focusing on the latter, which is to do the things in the regular season consistently, even when they don't necessarily apply to the team we're playing um such that we are ready for the playoffs more yeah um i'm not even talking about that we weren't good at that in the past obviously we want to make it farther um but yeah so i think i would of all three are important of the ones you rated it's hard to like put one over the other i would say the one that that i've personally emphasized more is is playing closer to playoff basketball as much as possible throughout the regular season. Um, And then health, I think we do pretty good on health and knock Mm -hmm. on wood in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And then wins, you know, I, there, there are these kinks in the seedings Uh, one and two have a pretty significantly better odds than, than three, four, which have significantly better odds than five, six. And then actually the biggest, net odds change it's like your odds double whether you're six or seven because of the play in and and some other factors so look the wins are going to matter too like so you sort of have to juggle all but i would say the one that at least i've personally thought was important for us to focus on is the latter the playing closer to playoff basketball the whole season
1: does that include potentially switching everything with joel off the floor
2: Um. we know that switching goes up quite a bit in the playoffs. Um, and so I think, look, I mean, I think we spent the entire preseason game. We switched every screen for the entire 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. Again, this is all up to Doc. Like, he, he's juggling all these variables, and I'm going to be comfortable whichever he chooses. Um, but, you know, I do I do know that in their meetings, they've talked about this quite a bit. That he has, a you know, with Dave Yeager, Dan Burke, Sam Cassell, the whole,
1: the whole crew. Because that's the I mean to me that's the D'Anthony Melton signing in a in a nutshell is that you can well that's you the can thing we, we out, also go Melton. Yeah, we, wanted to, give, we wanted to give we wanted to
2: give more tools for them to do it. That was a big right. priority. Yeah.
0: It and maybe this is like the old player thing, but uh in that I wasn't sure that it was actually real. Maybe I'm just picking things, but it it does seem as if the chasm between uh, being successful in the regular season and being successful in the playoffs has grown. Um, we've seen several teams be Sixers were a one seed, right. And uh, Utah and, you know, play team after team.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it, Utah is a good example of a yeah, really, really difference between. So, I also believe that did you finish your question Spike Sorry, I was about Well
0: to I, it. you can you can uh, say what you'd like I guess my my question organizationally do you think that there's like this um do you think that that is easier to become a great regular season team and then do you think that there's like this Potential for an organization because of the potential, the revenue potential, and it being easier to be like, "Hey, let's win fifty-six games next year, even if we think there's like less than a two percent chance we could win a title." Because it's it's there for the taking. You can do it with assist with system players and one great player rather than you know something other.
2: I'll, I'll say a couple high level things, especially the revenue one. You may not believe, me, but it's absolutely true. Like your biggest driver revenue is actually postseason success because.
0: Extra you games. sell
2: no it's really your season ticket sales in the offseason are driven by how you finish uh, so like the the whole like re- winning in the regular season isn't as like obviously it helps but the biggest driver of revenue is season tickets and the biggest driver of season tickets is how well you sell them in a playoff run and how far you get so so anyway to take that one off the other one is like I personally totally am in Captured by the narrative you just say, like, I feel like it's true that there are there is this bigger difference between regular season and playoffs. And I'm not my prior since that, that'll that be our word of the podcast. So my prior is with you. But I have to say, like, we look at this a lot and the data just doesn't back it up for every hmm. For every Utah, there's Utahs in the past. I'd have to like, I'd have to like produce the data set for you. But trust me, like when we dig in and say, uh, are things changing in a way that have separated the playoffs from the regular season? And the answer is no. What's happening is actually probably what's happening is the regular season is getting closer to the playoffs. Like that maybe the dichotomy is closing and that's why we're not seeing it when we look hard last year, for example, Like maybe there's a differential two years ago. I'd have to look detailed, but like, if you look for anything in a careful way, it's not, it's always been different. It's always been a little less different than people think. It's absolutely different, but people want to make it. It's completely different. It's not that. Uh, But it's also not getting more it's like, it's the same different it's been always. And you always have to factor it in, but you can also overcorrect. You can overcorrect and say, Oh, that guy, he hits, big shots in the playoffs and then you know i can show you study after study that that does not continue like they, it, it more normalizes to their long range ability to hit shots so
1: hmm. um, okay so there's there as you said there's 16 guys left on the roster one of them at least will have to go before 19, by saturday yeah. Yeah, he so 16 six, six, 15 right. Sorry. Now you're saying okay. the opposite one. Well, yeah, yeah, the 19. Okay, fine. Mac McClellan, so congratulations. 16
2: and 3 possible two ways right? Now. Yes. Yeah. Okay,
1: so as far as 16 on roster, 15 man roster players currently under contract. It doesn't seem like your style to simply wave someone. And we're, we're going to get to traveling Queen so soon. But it doesn't seem like as far as common... Oh, is this a
0: consolidation? Well, yeah, I think...
1: I've been talking about the consolidation trade for a while. Hasn't happened. Maybe it won't, but I still sh- should have what,
2: what, right. what has happened? Has the traveling queen song been played or him talking about a consolidation trade more? It's a lot. What has happened more? It's been a lot. It's like a the but, uh,
1: but it doesn't seem like your style to just say like, okay, we'll let this person player go for nothing, especially a player that, you know, you look at the back of this roster. A lot of these guys have a potential. I think all of them could w- and will one day become rotation players somewhere. Do you agree with that that it's not that's not your style and like what is the process of like trying to find the right way to get to 15 here?
2: Yeah, so I don't agree with my style like in that obviously you're always trying to optimize but forcing something that's not there is also a problem like it's mm-hmm. already a done sunk decision so you mm-hmm. don't want to make a marginal I guess I'm speaking to like you wouldn't want to make a Marginal trade just to sell you got something if it actually turned to be more negative than just, you know, ending with a waiver, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So then what was the second part of your question?
1: Well, just like what is, as you're trying to get it down from 16 rosterable players to, or uh, on contract. I will also hint
2: another thing that almost no trades happen right now. I mean, there's there's Mm -hmm. been trades historically in this window, but it's pretty rare. It's not as rare as like November 10th, But it's it's pretty rare. It's pretty
1: rare. Solid head fake, solid fake out. (laughs) Pretty good on your part.
2: Pump fake.
1: So what what do you what do you look like? What is that like? Like we see in on like hard knocks or whatever, you see like them going down the final roster stuff. Like what what is that like for you? These are you know there's fewer guys. What 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 is that? What's this last few days like?
2: Long meeting about it Monday. It's follows a lot of our similar processes where. We have both a wider and independent group and then also our internal seven or eight front office people independently record what they would do if it was up to them. Then we sort of aggregate that and then talk about it as a group. Um, and then we, you know, we also get docs feedback um, and yeah and then we then we make a final call we we did it earlier it's not finalized but we did it earlier just because directionally we had like a, at least a little time to like see more of certain players and stuff like that so um yeah so it, it's just look uh hopefully like waving people sucks waving travel and sucked it sucked more for him like let's be real but it sucks for everybody Sucks like the
1: most for me but that's fine <laughs>
2: I can I can posit that that is absolutely not the case. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll go you'll go back to being an up and coming screenwriter in Hollywood. <laughs> he's got to find another team. I do think that Trevlin's going to find a home in the league. Which well, he's we on already- the Pacers. Oh, it already got announced. Yeah, okay. yeah I, I did.
0: you didn't know. That's why you said his name. Adam Silver, fucking relax. He had no idea. He <laughs> signed a two-way with the Pacers.
2: Is it actually signed already? I it don't, was
0: reported. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll,
2: I, I think yeah. I'm okay, but okay. he didn't actually sign it yet. Thank okay. God. Yeah, Shams um, reported it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so good. I'm glad he landed on his feet. I think he deserves it. Um, and uh, yeah, we put a lot of time, a lot of time into trying to make those decisions as best we can. Two ways are very tough because you're balancing. It's very hard to capture upside out of two ways. So you that tends to maybe lean you with a team like us for ready to play. But at the same time, you also don't want to give up on, you know, really, really good talent. So sucks, yeah. We
1: only have 15 though, Sixers fan. 15, That's right.
2: 15, count. <laughs>
0: traveling um,
1: queen's very good yeah i think he's gonna like g-league mvp which i respect b-ball paul also g-league mvp there's a lineage there there's a culture that we're trying to uphold of g-league mvps know,
2: you, yes you know who gave me the most grief about traveling queen and it's not you michael Le, Le, levin levine levin. That? that's fine sorry does anyone <laughs> get fine. it right ever <laughs>
1: um, not, not often
2: I, I try to offend the podcast people I'm on that's, good. Um, that's good that's good 10 to go well sorry um joel he was like what are you doing he's good that's right
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that
1: that that only makes uh, me feel so much so much stronger in my feelings I think Joe, I think Traveling Queen, this year's team, I understand, like there's Ross spots. last year's team, Traveling Queen would have been on it and should have made it and would have been a, a big help to last year's team, I believe strongly.
2: He, he belongs on Indiana. Like we just would not have a role. If you're a fan of Traveling Queen, which it sounds like you are, mm-hmm. you should be happy for him this day that he is now on a place that he might have a chance to play.
1: Yeah. And you will answer for your crimes. uh,
2: (laughs) You're on the rock being crucified.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's right. That's right. You'll be right next to me. I (laughs) I definitely will be. I I started theorizing two and a half weeks ago when maybe three weeks ago, when you had not acknowledged the Traveling Queen song that it, it gave me. Once you
2: said it, I had to not acknowledge it even more. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you're it. acknowledging it now it's to, great had, isn't it
2: it's i mean i think of billy ocean as the uh as the romancing the stone guy you know the the like mm-hmm. he had these schmaltzy songs from the 80s which i i, I do well, that's, I, I did think they were great so
0: that's our friend mootloo yeah. who sang uh the, <laughs> the traveling queen part who was wasn't a,
2: it he uh, on the podcast when you guys went through my stupid carl andry record club yep Ridiculous po- uh, playlist. Or whatever, I I so.
0: texted him and I was like, "Yo, cause I was like, "I have this thing <laughs> in my head." I was like, Lynn Queen goes right <laughs> along with Caribbean Queen." Can you <laughs> sing it for me? And he did. So, God I bless mean, I
2: mean, is where's he rank on the all time? Like, oh. back up the. So our our PR guy Dave Schaller also alerted me to a a, a Philadelphia fan thing that is absolutely true that. that it's true everywhere, but Philly has it times ten.
0: You're throwing Schuller like, under the bus. The guys,
2: <laughs> the, the, well, he's from Philly. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The guys who don't play are loved way more. Yes. In this town than any other, any other town. Sure.
0: <laughs> it's the backup
1: quarterback. Uh, yeah. Thing. The backup well, quarterback. It's very AJ Feely is is the first one I really really <laughs> remember being the most.
2: I mean, how deep about. does it? How deep does it?
1: It goes tell, pretty like, deep. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: Like, it's I mean, like, there was, there you A-ball could go back to like, A ball who you guys definitely also-
1: for me, a 100% for me, you're talking <laughs> the right guy, but like, it goes back sixers wise to like. Rajah Bell and Jumaine Jones of like guys who should have played more and then all of a sudden got playoff minutes and it was like, wait, shouldn't they have
2: Jones? The highest arc on a shot I can remember in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: so.
0: three three quick uh non-basketball, non-sports things, and then you're you're out of here. I'm free. I'm
2: free of my Then
0: you're free. One, what would you say if you were uh you were sent out trick-or-treating and you only went to one house and one candy would be dropped in your bag, what would you want that candy to be?
2: Um hmm. Controversial, I love whoppers. Yeah. I think I hates them, but I, I don't know what I was <laughs> I didn't know choice. Spike had to I didn't know you had to approve my choice. <laughs> it's, funny, it's fucking candy. Who <laughs> like, picks Whoppers? It's well, like it's, okay, candy corn would be worse. It was, right? I
0: agree. I agree.
2: <laughs> um, well, I, lo- I love malted milk. I still get malted milk cakes. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like I can't even
0: choose a candy. <laughs> well, um, uh, number two, could you? Uh, you and this is only if you have them. Could you give people two great? N- I've I've basically stopped listening to basketball podcasts except for Zach. Uh, Lowe, but could you give two, people two great non-basketball podcasts you happen to listen mm-hmm. to and enjoy if they exist?
2: Great. That's a that's a
0: really two that you really enjoy that you would recommend to others.
2: I'm not a big podcast guy. I gotta. You mm. guys should be extra flattered that I prostrate myself. And to it. <laughs> um, I'd rather read a nicely, nicely formed. I like No Shy. I like Michael Lewis's Against the Rules. Okay, really good. Um, it's hyper produced, which I tend to like. No mm. offense to was it, CJ? <laughs> <laughs> like like shot, these shot, are like
1: shots at CJ. Sure, sure.
2: No, no. He, so my, Michael Lewis one time recorded me. I'm not kidding for two and a half hours and used zero of it in his podcast. And I, <laughs> I had to. I had to be unoffended. <laughs> what a be, power <laughs> move that is! <laughs> it's an it's absolute power move. Like, um, we're just um, gonna play
1: using ball sacks. Do you
2: love that one? This will really date me. I did. I did love. Uh, I did love Serial when they actually did podcasts. I thought that that yeah. first one was. I know it's a terrible one.
0: No, I mean it's a great podcast. I can't believe that that guy got out. I mean, he definitely killed that girl. Where oh, dude,
2: what I, I mean, where do you, where do you I,
0: come up with that? This is taking It's a very
2: time. it's very clear that he had a chance to, but I don't know how you can get to oh,
0: clearly. Then who who got who wait a minute. I look, I, I have no idea. Obviously, I wasn't there. There there was no forced entry into her car. Like oh, God. who whatever you can't do this. Okay. It right, would be <laughs> so
1: funny if the if the first thing that gets sued is for spike just shooting from the hip saying like Serial? this guy did murder i heard it he did a murder it's fine whatever lock his ass up for the murder that i know he did
2: you should be the symbol for Reddit, not that penguin character, spike. like <laughs> jumping to conclusions. Yeah, but wait,
0: wait, wait. this wasn't jumping to, there was an 11 part podcast series about it. it wasn't uh, jumping uh, to conclusions. You somehow they
2: came to a conclusion him. while seeing no evidence, only what they showed you, but whatever. <laughs> but
0: the, okay, and should then I redeem
2: and, myself. I do like Stratetchery.
0: Ah, yeah. uh, uh, oh, no, do you know who that is, Mike? Don't yeah. you? That's Strate-
2: a, it's a Milwaukee Bucks guy, so that might that it's might sharp. Be. Well, you know, sharp, 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 and Ben. No, sharp recently joined. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: And then, and then, finally, I can't uh, tell you how bad Sharp was at technology when we lived together.
0: Like he it's, still is bad. That's his bit on the no, podcast. He was hired like on purpose for that to,
2: yeah. to relate okay. to the people.
0: He was the last person to get wireless headphones in America. (laughs) The
2: (laughs) the, guy, he can, he can, he can be with the the plebs. Yeah. And
0: then then the final thing is, and I, I I don't want to look into it too much, but I've seen you um, retweet a few things regarding uh, the importance of free speech. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to say something about it. If you, if you so choose. Yeah,
2: I still think it's in a really bad place. I'm a big, like basic civil liberties with, free speech being a good, good one. It feels like both the left and the right have decided to, uh, eliminate free speech from their ideals when the other side saying something they don't agree with, which is the whole point. Uh, Philadelphia has a group called the fire, which I support, which is the best free speech group in the country. So support the fire. I appreciate you uh, giving me that, uh, -hmm. that chance. And, uh, Yeah, people want easy solutions to shut up their opponents when you should just. uh, I don't get why when speakers come to camp, there's another rant for my, for Pete, for your student listeners. If some offensive speech is coming to campus, just don't go. That's way more powerful than shouting them down or Barbara Streisanding them into getting famous. Just don't go. So just, just don't show up. That's my,
0: that's my plea. Well, I. Interestingly enough, I have, um, it does give them more power when you, when you do what you're talking about, the, the, the protesting or, and obviously those people are practicing free speech as well, but I I can't tell you how many people I've discovered over the last two years when people are saying, hey, fuck this guy, he sucks, he sucks, he sucks. And I'm like, hmm, what's going on with that yeah. guy? Or or what's going on with that woman? Like it, it actually creates interest around those people sometimes. I don't can think it, it does what people think it does.
2: Can I give you the nuttiest free speech that to me encapsulates the, encapsulates the time? There was a speaker at my alma mater, Northwestern, where the speaker comes, people go to protest the speaker and say they don't like they don't like the speaker which is fine the newspaper on campus goes to cover the protesters they take their quotes and take their picture of the protesters put them in the paper saying these people came to protest and then the people who went to the protest complained that they were doxxed at their own protest <laughs> <laughs> this is how dumb some people are who should now that's just one example but it's a real example. They're like, I, I don't want to actually be known as the person shouting someone down. That's too embarrassing. But I'm going to go shout them down. So anyway,
1: some that, people are we, dumb. Some people shouldn't get paid to be a dumb person.
2: Also, I, I agree but, with paid. Good. Yeah, I agree with paid, and I understand platforming is. These are complex issues. Sure. But I, I think the needle has shifted way too much to sure. Let's figure out how to shut down the speech versus let's engage with it and convince and persuade. So that's my. Well, it's,
0: it's always important to remember, and this is obviously isn't true with anybody that's unpopular, but a lot of the most, um, known and revered thinkers in the history of our, of the country and the world were, um, were thought of as, uh, insane or, heretics or, you know, like a lot of those people were at the time. So it's just important to remember that a lot of the people that you think of as fucking idiots or, you know, saying that the well, world is- Well, and the thing that this- people
2: have to remember is when, if you are in the apparatus of power and you turn and you stop people's speech- that can that apparatus can be turned back on you at some point in the future right. when you really don't want it. So you want, you should stay principled on these basic civil liberties. The Bill of Rights is a good thing. I'm a big fan. Go Sixers. Thanks and for having me. That is why them. I will <laughs>
1: myself turn it around on you and sign Trevel and Queen to my <laughs> upstart 31st team to destroy the Sixers.
2: I always feel like Chicago should get a second team, and you could maybe you could start that one. So mm. Every other big change. city has two teams. Every other big city has two teams. So, and there's are like all
0: saying that the Sixers are Philadelphia is not a big city. I don't like a two team. No. Should, I think um,
2: there should well, be
1: fewer teams. There should not be two teams in L.A. and there should not be two teams in New York.
2: I'm saying we're not a big. No, no, that is. Look, <laughs> Chicago is very clearly the third largest it is, city. It is. Okay. It is.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, for sure,
2: I'm, for sure. Philly, like, where? What would be the two cities? Would I don't know where? Do, where would we put the two teams for Philadelphia? Well, like what, what would be with one in Delaware and one in New Jersey or something? I don't know
0: yeah, one in South Philly and then one at fucking 10th and Market or wherever your guys yeah. want to go put the other. Arena. I'm excited <laughs>
2: for the new. The new arena is going to be great. I can just walk to it. It's awesome. Yeah. So in in ten years, when I'm sure I'm <laughs> fired four times. Yeah. times.
0: So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, all right. guys. Appreciate it. Right, thanks, Thank Daryl. There he is. One Daryl Morey. Um, I think we kept him a record time hour twenty minutes hour 30 minutes whatever it was um made him pay for the traveling queen thing he admitted at least he knew about the song (laughs) so so there we go um the next time you'll hear from us will be this weekend when we do it'll be our last pod before the season starts Mike. then i won't fuck with you and then we'll do here we go again here we go again all right are you done with ttp yeah you you. know like this if you don't fuck with me then I then won't, I won't, fuck, I won't
1: fuck, fuck with you. If
0: you don't fuck with me, then, then I, I won't, I won't fuck, fuck, fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna I'm fucking I'm kill fuck you! Fuck the friendly.